was the last time you had your pay increased? Was it because you asked for a raise or was it because you found a better offer at another business? New research from the E61 Institute reveals that Australian workers could be losing up to $7,500 a year in wages if they stay in their current role. But switching jobs, of course, isn't so simple, with a rise in non-compete clauses preventing many employers, sorry, employees from taking advantage of higher paid roles within their industry. I want to hear from you about this. Have you been held back by a non-compete clause in your profession? How often have you jumped ship for better pay? Did it work out? Did you get some more benefits or more improved benefits, a, a, a better package? Perhaps you're a business owner who has used some of these non-competes to protect your company. And uh, really, did you find that the grass was greener once you jumped ship? Of course, there's a bit of a transaction cost. You've got to brush up the CV and, you know, put on some nice clothes and get uh, get out there and meet some new employee uh, employers. But was it worth it? I'd love to hear your stories. 0418 is the text line. Will says he worked for a trade union and was being paid below my peers despite performing the same work. I wrote a request which was ignored, immediately applied for other work. Eventually, the pay rise was given, described as an anomaly. I said, thanks, but no thanks, and left for a higher-paying job. Well played to Will. Uh, this one, too, from Michael. He says, I did resign. I made the green change to the northern beaches of Sydney. I became a contractor rather than an employee. I now earn more per hour uh, plus benefits, but I'm still technically couch surfing through a I have a large room in a friend's house. The rents are still too high. So you can't have it all, but I'd love to hear from you. If you've attempted to get a pay rise, either with your current boss or a potentially new boss, Michael Brennan is the chief executive of the E61 Institute. He's also a former Productivity Commission chair. Michael, about 25 years ago, 17% of people switched jobs in Australia. Now, that figure is around, what, 8.5% today. So what is keeping our workforce um, so stagnant, really? Well, that's right, Andy. There's been a long-term decline in the rate of job switching, the rate at which individual workers tend to move jobs, which is interesting because so often we talk about the fact that young people starting the workforce today will have several jobs, several careers even. But in fact, statistically, the opposite is true. The, the rate of moving jobs has actually fallen. Uh, it's ticked up a little bit in the post-COVID period as we've come out of the JobKeeper experience because, of course, JobKeeper provided an additional mechanism or incentive for employers and employees to stay together during the COVID years. So you'd expect a little bit of an increase in job-to-job movements uh, post-COVID, but it's still a long-term decline. Uh, As to why that is, it, it could be for a range of reasons. Some of it could be age. The workforce is older than it was 30 years ago and older workers tend to move less. But the worry would be if it was some of the barriers that are being placed in the way of workers moving, whether it be things like occupational licensing or non-compete agreements, those sorts of artificial barriers that might stand in the way. Yeah, I want to talk more about those because obviously you work hard, you uh, get yourself qualifications, whether they be trade or academic, you're more or less wedded to uh, a, a, an industry, uh, more or less a vertical in our economy. But then the boss asks you to sign a non-compete clause, which makes it really hard for you to move sideways. So why, why are they so common these days? How many employees are being asked to sign these non-compete clauses? It's, it's a little unclear exactly how prevalent they are, but we've done some survey research which suggested up to about 
20 to 22% of workers might be covered by some form of non-compete arrangement, whether it's like a non-solicitation requirement uh, or some other um, or, or just an out-and-out non-compete clause, the inability to go and work for a competitor or a like organisation. It's really an understudied issue in Australia. It's it started to become much more of a policy issue in several overseas jurisdictions. Um, but the federal government has kind of gotten onto this and the, the competition task force, the competition review that's underway, uh, sponsored by the current government, is really looking hard at this issue. And I, and I think it's something that we do need to get to the bottom of, just how prevalent these arrangements could be. Well, as a former Productivity Commission chair, what do you think might be uh, that's the specifics there? Do you expect there to be uh, some legislation to overturn the, the prevalence of non-compete clauses? I think it's quite likely that some policy response will be required. You always have to be a bit careful about blanket bans. You know, these things always require a degree of nuance. There might be some instances, um, there are obviously some uh, kind of high-end jobs where some sort of non-compete arrangement might be required to protect the intellectual property of an existing employer. It's just that the survey evidence that we've found and just some of the anecdotal evidence that we've collected suggests that it's it's workers right through the income spectrum. Uh, it's, it's work down to sort of fitness instructors and uh, yoga teachers and that sort of thing that are also being subjected increasingly to non-compete agreements. And the further you go down the income scale, uh, the, the f- and the more it's some of those sorts of occupations, the, the less readily I think you can come up with a clear articulation or, or justification as to why a non-compete agreement might be the right way to go. So I think it could be that a policy response that either makes it more difficult or empowers individual workers a little more uh, to push back against an employer who's trying to insist on a non-compete clause in an agreement. It's 25 minutes to five. The E-Institute's CEO, Michael Brennan, is here. We're talking about the impact of non-compete clauses on the job market, but also the idea that you can't get a raise unless you leave and kind of leapfrog your colleagues by going sideways, not up. Has that been your experience? Did it work? Was the grass truly greener? I'd love to hear from you. You can join the conversation now on the text line. That's 0418 Laws, of course, in the US state of California that came into full effect, in, in fact, just overnight, have now rendered non-compete clauses unenforceable, which is a radical departure, uh, particularly in the state, which is the home of Silicon Valley. Should the Australian government consider such radical legislation? Well, that would be that would be radical, and it would be probably at the outer limit of what a government might do in response. I think at the moment it's important to build up the evidence base, just how prevalent are non-compete agreements, and how much harm or damage might they be doing? How significant are the barriers? To what extent are they part of the reason why we've seen this slowdown in job mobility? I think answering those questions first is probably uh, the next step. And in your experience, if you can share a bit about your own personal professional experience, this idea of being able to um, be mobile uh, only sideways to go forward rather than just to go forward, has that been the case for you? Well, I've personally benefited from having experiences in a range of different environments, uh, often in the same industry, but going from from one uh, workplace to another. So, yeah, I would say from a personal point of view, a degree of mobility has been of benefit, but of course there are some jobs where it's quite 
good to show some loyalty and to there's a lot to learn by staying in the job and getting promoted. So it's not as though there's a clear right or wrong. The, the research we've done, though, does note that people who change jobs tend to have higher pay than people who stay put in the same job. And we calculate it as being a difference of around nine percentage points. Which I, I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, is $7,500 on average? Yes, for someone between the age of 21 and to 34, that's roughly the dollar figure that, that we would say, on average, those people who are switching jobs are earning $7,500 more than those people who are not switching jobs. Even if those people not switching jobs are still getting some pay rise, the greater pay rise is, is coming, flowing to those people who, who are switching jobs and doing something new. Mm. On the text line, uh, the only way to get a pay rise in the accounting trade is to move or threaten to move. And Leslie makes a comment. What about a non-compete clause for politicians sliding straight into jobs related to their portfolio uh, as a denizen of Canberra and surrounds? Would you agree with that, Michael? Well, is that a non-compete clause or a <laughs> for, 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 else? for politicians? Not, for politicians uh, jumping into yeah. their, uh, you know, I don't know, as a lobbyist for defence or something after they've been a defence minister, that is the uh, purest form of when a, a non-compete clause would be somehow constructive. I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it's a different issue, and and obviously people have raised uh, placing some restrictions on those sorts of things, not because of the economic significance or just to foster competition or anything, but it's much more around uh, integrity Ethics. issues. And, yes. Uh, yeah, and, and it's an arguable case, and uh, yeah, but I'll leave others to argue. <laughs> I'll let you off the hook on that one. Chief Executive of the E61 Institute and former Productivity Commission Chair, uh, Michael Brennan, good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Andy. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.